Hello and welcome to Ladywood. It is a podcast in which two huge fans of Deadwood and one newbie discuss the show through a feminist lens. I am Lynn Sternberger. I'm a television writer in Los Angeles. I'm Brandi Sperry, also a writer. My name is Sita Sean. I'm a stand-up comedian and TV writer. Today we are discussing the finale of the second season, Boy the Earth Talks To, written by Ted Mann and directed by Ed Bianchi, and they are both long-standing Deadwood collaborators. Mm -hmm. The episode first aired May 22nd, 2005. As Deadwood readies for a celebration, George Hurst's arrival in camp brings upheaval. Swearingen's manipulations extract a counteroffer from Yankton. Hurst comes to separate arrangements with Farnham and Swearingen as Walcott faces the consequences of his actions. The conflict amongst the Chinese bosses comes to a bloody climax. Last opening was a pile of dead female prostitutes getting burned. This episode, it's a comedy teaser. <laughs> Who says Deadwood doesn't have rage? So Wu is trying, it is sneaking out of the gem to execute a plan with his henchmen, a murder, and it's a confrontation. I guess it's not really comedy. It would be comedy if it was like he's, he sneaks past Johnny who's drooling into a puddle and then he... It wasn't Johnny. It was, uh, it was the other guy. Yeah, some other guy. Yeah, some other yeah, um, but basically Johnny is out and about in the alley buying meat as yep. Johnny does, mm-hmm. and sees this confrontation between Wu and Lee, and they they go to murder each other. Yeah, and Wu's gonna lose, and Johnny pulls him away. Yeah, Johnny has the pistol and points it at Lee, and Lee has the pistol pointed at Wu. It's um, very exciting. I mean, I have some questions about the geography of how close this alley seems to be to the back entrance to the gem all of a sudden, <laughs> but <laughs> you know we'll go with it. Magical geography on top of the magical timeline. It was just a cut. <laughs> he, he actually walked the full length of the thoroughfare. <laughs> of course, Johnny gets beaten for his troubles. Poor Johnny. I mean, so Al seems to be mad at him because he even got involved in this altar. I don't know he what else he thought hand. Johnny would want. <laughs> he made it clear that Wu's been at the gem all along, I think, is right. the like number one mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. What was Johnny supposed to exactly? do? Exactly! What was he supposed to do? I felt quite bad for him. And I mean, we're like, on Johnny's side. Trying to yeah. defend himself. It wasn't on my watch. <laughs> he was just so, trying to buy the meat and Johnny save Al's ass. Always trying his hardest, okay? <laughs> would we call Johnny a small bean? S-M-O-L? Small. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not quite that far, but I think he has potential. I mean, he's murderous. Like, nobody who's he's murderous gets a small beam. He's yeah. aspiring murderous as well. Like, he wants to be more like Dan. Yeah. He's definitely a large bean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about those guys. But as all of this is going down, of course, the main frustration is that Hearst is arriving. Like, really... Al's plan to keep Wu on ice only needed one more day, and yet it's it's blown up in his face, and he's going to have to come at the situation head on instead yeah. of with the mm-hmm. scheming behind the scenes. The good thing is he talks out loud about all of his plans, so <laughs> we know that he's like, at length. Yeah, yes. I'm going to use this confrontation as a pretext for requesting a visitation with Hearst, <laughs> um, <laughs> which he sets EB to. To go and set up for him. And Evie can't do it because he's got diarrhea. <laughs> oh, Evie's real nervous about hers. This whole thing. I've had such an onset of diarrhea. <laughs> then he goes over to the table where Wolcott and Hearst are eating. 
and has to pause in the middle of it so that essentially he doesn't shit his pants in the middle of the. I thought record. he was just like, farting. <laughs> I thought that's what was happening. I think he was gonna shit his pants. It's like a Deadwood Best Hits finale. <laughs> <laughs> Diarrhea used to factor we had more a lot, into the show. Yeah, we had a lot more poop and fart references than yeah. we have had in the more serious moments of the back half yeah. of this season. But we we definitely get some get some jokes there about bodily functions. But backing up slightly, Hearst has arrived, and what do you think, Sita? He looked friendlier than I was expecting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wanted him to, I don't know, look like a meaner side Tolliver, I guess. That's what I was imagining. He looks like a TV dad. Yeah, yeah he, he does. He's literally major dad. <laughs> he's major dad, right? I was like, he's so familiar looking. <laughs> yeah, I was a little disappointed by how nice he looked. But he's not a nice man, so I'm prepared. Is he a flora, basically? You know, like, there's... Something a, a little bit. There's definitely a sinister quality when you realize how like single-minded he is about the color. Mm-hmm. But I think that this was a very. Can you do the rest of the podcast. <laughs> Call it the <laughs> color. <laughs> I think this was a very ballsy piece of casting when they did it because he really was like known as like a nice dad yeah. type. And I mean, Hurst is. I'm so relieved we are not, not. getting another iteration of Tolliver. Like, mm, mm-hmm. Tolliver seems like the ham-handed iteration of Swearingen, and, like, I can't imagine what another dilution of that would look like, so taking it in a different direction and casting Major Dad, I think, was smart. But, you know, they've done TV dads in Sinister Roles before, because Mr. Matthews is almost right. dad. Right, right, right. Totally. That's true. Oh, We've uncovered one of Milch's tricks. <laughs> <laughs> Taking well-loved TV dads and making them sinister. <laughs> Let's hope for one of those in the movie. <laughs> I think it's really fun to watch Al finally get to sort of feel Hearst out in person. And he's doing his, like, genial mm-hmm. town elder sort of shtick. Um, which is always kind of fun to see. And it goes, I think, better than he ever could have thought because, frankly, Hearst couldn't give a fuck about Lee. Yeah. Where, and, I mean, Al, for all of his faults, does really care about all of his henchmen that he's, like, you know, mm-hmm. trained around him, whereas Hearst is just insanely single-minded. He's like, oh, is this person getting in the way of me being able to get all the gold I want? Then fuck them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really yeah. don't care. I like the line that Al says to him, where he, uh, where Hearst asks if the elk or something in the gem is uh, something that mm-hmm. Al had bagged, and Al's like, "No, no, no! I'm a terrible shot. I'm much better closer in." Yeah, that's <laughs> that a was... great line. Um, guys, it's just occurring to me: Is Al despicable? Me? Is he grew? With his literal minions. <laughs> yeah, but like fatherly. I. I'm now picturing just a mashup where he adopts three adorable little girls <laughs> <laughs> to take care of them. But he's not asking for the moon like Gru is. He just yeah, wants yeah, yeah. his camp, it's true, you know, it's true. and some more money. <laughs> and Hurst meets uh, Wu, right? In the scene? Yeah, they they drag him in as yeah. almost like a specimen. Like, mm-hmm. it's definitely... A chance to establish, oh yes, Hearst is also mega racist. Let's make sure we... He made an Asian don't be Asian joke. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> we made Usually those you can't tell how old they are. Fine. <laughs> he I mean, really is. It's like talking about a zoo animal. Like, it's yeah. very uncomfortable. Yeah. It's interesting because... And uncomfortable, I think, in part because we know that Al does have respect for Wu. But mm-hmm. they're going to do this show. Yeah. 
Make, and Wu, of course, isn't in on it. He mm-hmm. doesn't know what Al's intentions are, which I think is what makes it worse because Al is always going to have the upper hand in their po- their particular power dynamic. And it's weird to see him, like, sell him short, sell him out. But Al, we don't know what Al wants in this scene yet. Al's using uh, having Wu as leverage for Hearst. So we don't truly know what it's he's true. doing it's yet. True. And, and we know that, like, he might sell Wu out. He might not. Like, that's kind of your, that's kind of everyone's relationship with Al Swearingen, right? Mm-hmm. Elsewhere in the camp, Martha and Seth are staring at a wall. Like, literally, what are they what doing? The Have they been that? doing this for, like, a week? Like, nothing but just yeah. sitting in chairs and staring at a wall? Are they, like, orienting their body toward the graveyard? What are they doing? I'm confused. I don't know. Their chairs are, like, placed at a wall slash window. <laughs> yeah. Was there even a window? I think so. It was facing a window, but it did not look like they were looking They weren't the looking window. out the window. And Martha basically proposes that she will try teaching the camp's children. She'll be the new school teacher. Mm-hmm. And was I right about the cancer kid flowers? I totally was. Because <laughs> they fucking nailed it. See nailed that? it. You nailed it so hard. That was incredible. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Not only were you the right. moment for me because all I was thinking about was like, oh, Seed is gonna be so satisfied with herself. <laughs> Parting the soil and looking at the sunflower seeds. I was like, yes, cancer flower kids. (laughs) Can I just say how ridiculous (laughs) the delivery of Seth's agreement that yes, Martha should teach the cancer kids is? Like, he's like, I'd be delighted. And then immediately, like, looks back at the wall. (laughs) It's so weird. That whole scene is bizarre. What was that? Did you just have to get the shot in and you were running out of light and then everybody was overtime? Milch, could you weigh in, please? What was that? So weird. I feel like this is a really good finale with so much interesting stuff going on. And for some reason, that scene, it just like sticks with me. Like, what was that? So, yeah. Martha, school teacher, potentially. And also, I did want to say we were incorrect. Brandy, you and I at one point were like, oh, we don't meet Hearst till season three. Like, obviously, we we met him. And mm-hmm. you, Sita, had wanted him to be brought in at mm-hmm. the end of mm-hmm. season two as, like, the looming big bat or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I had totally I was, forgotten. Yeah, I remembered him coming in, like, at the very end of this episode, not at the beginning. So I don't know if I'm, like, I've just, like, conflated things it's been a while. It's yeah. been a minute, right? Yeah, Milchi and I are like this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this episode has a lot of funny stuff, too. Ellsworth and his wedding outfit and the gloves. The lavender gloves. <laughs> that was adorable. I mean, there's a lot of wedding clothes shenanigans across the whole episode. Yeah, Jane having to wear a dress. Trixie is in a really disgusting oh, pink dress. <laughs> really what the hell is that? Oh, so ugly. Um, also, she's getting it tailored by Jewel. And I was like, man, Jewel and a straight pin coming at me? <laughs> like, I'm not sure this is the person. None of the other whores know how to like, like, just do a straight up a thing. Or something. But that is a great moment when Jewel pulls out the brooch going all the way back to the pilot. All right. So she was supposed to trade for a gun when Trixie needed one, and it turns out she sold a piece of pussy instead. (laughs) Jewel gets the best lines. I have missed her. I had kind of, she's not given her own storyline after the boot thing. She just Uh kind of fades back into the background. And so I'd kind of forgotten to keep track of Jewel, and I'm reminded in this moment of why she is such a spectacular part of the Deadwood cast. Yeah. That was great. 
And also Joni dressing Jane. She's wearing, first of all, that horrific robe that Joni like lounges about yeah. with like yeah. the lizard collar, <laughs> the silky lizard collar. Yeah. Jane's in that. That looks terrible. And then they fight about underwear. Joni's is insisting that she wear them. Yeah, and feeding her a line about it being bad luck to wear the same clothes to a funeral and a wedding in the same week when I think she just wants her to not wear her same dirty outfit to the wedding. Which I have a secondary question. Why are they invited to this wedding? Like, what connection do they really have to Alma and Ellsworth to be at this wedding? Kind of seems Is it like just the whole town? Jean took care of Sophia back in the day? That could be it. I think that could be the connection, but it kind of seems like the whole town was invited. I feel like it's a smaller group. I mean, did Jane and Ellsworth ever cross? Not in any significant way. Not in way. any significant yeah. way. I think it has to be the connection to Sophia, like they've invited their daughter's friends. Basically. And they're like, and we will extend the invitation to the most upstanding of madams. <laughs> Joni. I mean, Joni hasn't worked in like months. <laughs> this is Jane's plus one, I think. Which I'm That is a great for. question, which I did not have. During, I was like, yeah, sign me up. Everybody's going to the wedding. Everybody's going to the wedding. Okay, so this sequence I wanted to talk about. Before the wedding happens, Alma gets this, it's another one of those like prolonged shots or sequence mm-hmm. of shots where she gets voiceover and we're just on her face and mm-hmm. she's walking through the town thoroughfare. Alone, which mm-hmm. she never does. There's no guy with an antler to protect her. <laughs> no Richardson. No Richardson. And she's going basically to the grave site to ask for Brahms, I don't know, understanding? Yeah, I wouldn't say blessing. It no. seemed more like something she felt compelled to do than something she really like wanted to do. And then in the end, she does like we hear this voiceover, but in the end, she turns away. She doesn't. Yeah, right. she doesn't she actually doesn't get, get all the way there. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was amazing because I was like, wait, we're just serving almost psychological experience. Oh, in it's this great. Moment? It's mm-hmm. really, really well written. And Molly Parker, it looks. I mean, she says volumes with her face. She always does. It was amazing to be inside her head, which mm-hmm. I don't think we've done that before. No, yeah. really. When she says, like, uh, I fear no moment in my life will have ever been my own, and now my body is telling me that that is the right thing, which is, of course, like, pregnancy hormones are supposed to make you feel that way about mm-hmm. about the baby that you're protecting. Like, I thought it was, it was a really deep exploration of what she should be feeling at that moment. That's true. That Maybe she is a writer. So far. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you know she what? is a writer. If she could write as beautifully as she thinks, I mean, it was. It I've was said before, fantastic. I like it when they bust out this device. Obviously, you can't overplay it, but it's nice to get that moment with her, the same way we've gotten it with some of the male characters. Yeah, yeah. she she's being super introspective, and that is such a far cry from the woman we first met, who was dulling everything with yeah. her medicine. And then we get the montage. Seth isn't at the wedding because he is with Al. And they are negotiating and finalizing this offer with Commissioner Jari. And also, I mean, there's so much going on within the sequence. Mm-hmm. Charlie's back. Forgot about Charlie. How, do, how could I forget about Charlie? He really, found, he really found Bill's widow and got back pretty quick. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's only been a couple weeks since he left. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see him. I'm always glad to see him. I think it's a good nod to like, uh, well, he'll be back next season. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Also... Um, we get the sunflower blooming. Yes. Then we also get Hurst wielding this crazy hammer and knocking down walls. I really love the way that punctuates the end of the wedding where it's like they have this happy moment. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Everything's come together. 
Alma only fucks up her vows once, (laughs) but it's all good. They get past it. And then like an earthquake hits like right at the end of this. Named Hearst. An earthquake named Hearst. Don't ever get complacent in Deadwood. Right. And he's going to build himself his own little balcony to look out of, I guess. It's just going to be a hole in the wall. Yeah. He's going to peek his face out of the hole in the wall. He doesn't need a balcony. I don't know what you're talking about. But he has purchased the hotel, which allows him to do this, which we didn't even talk about. He bought the hotel. He muscled his way into it. E.B. is at his very most E.B. in this episode, between the diarrhea and the accepting of the money. Falling into the mud. (laughs) He is sniveling. Yeah. He is terrified. He wants to fuck the purse that the money comes (laughs) from. That that was so gross. He wanted to fuck the purse so bad. Part of thy leather lips. Who has you said that to before? Never say the phrase again. 100% the most cringeworthy line ever on Deadwood. I mean, it is up there. It is definitely yeah. up there. So uh, then there we, we move things outside. There's dancing and celebration in the thoroughfare. Jane punches a man, which is so Jane. Yeah. Uh, and perfect. For looking at her. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then we get the out of seemingly, I was surprised by this. Were you guys surprised by this? The whole dressing of Wu and Johnny and Dan in this disguise business yeah. and the sort of I think it's funny. It, I mean, Al tossed that off as an idea at the beginning of the previous episode where he was like, "Oh, how do you guys think you're going to look in those Chinese dresses?" And they're like, "Good one." Yeah, <laughs> and then they're getting into the Chinese dresses. Uh, do you want to swap masks? His baby, like I laughed so hard at Johnny being concerned about whether his mask and his outfit matched perfectly. <laughs> This is a sinister sequence, though, the way that it's shot with them, like, going all through. And Lee is Lee is having sex with a white woman, is mm-hmm. he not? And mm-hmm. then... And then kind of being out on opium while he's doing it. Yeah. But I, I think it was, like, Pretty a horror movie smart. sequence, almost, yeah. the way that they did it. And Lee gets his throat slashed by Wu. I mean, that is bold. So my question is, why couldn't Wu's henchmen do the job that Al They failed. Had? Because, yeah, cause, I mean, I think died. that's what he was trying at the beginning of the yeah. episode. Like, they, they take an axe to that one guy and stuff, okay. and then his guy gets killed. Yeah. So, who's got the one hen- henchman? <clears throat> yes. Then... I think he had two. But okay. he definitely, like, just attacked, and they each lost one man, and. It was inefficient. I was mm-hmm. like, let me show you how it's done. Right, basically. right. With Deadly Dan. Especially after he has established that Hearst could give a fuck. Yeah. So he went ahead and sort of provided the justice for Wu mm-hmm. that uh, that he felt was needed. Okay. But we really do see Wu get his hands, like, dirty in this sequence. He's slitting the guy's throat. It's really something. I think what what is so interesting to me is at the end, Wu's very happy. He's yelling, America, all of this. But I don't think he knows what he's gotten himself into. Because now he has to do the work that Lee was doing, mm-hmm. sort of, like, providing Chinese workers for the mines. And I'm like, how much has Al made sure Wu understands before they, like, stage this coup here? Oh, good question. Yeah. I don't think he has, like, had a sit-down chat with Wu and some diagrams. I don't... Yeah, I don't right. Because on the one level, it is Wu getting a, a little bit of justice for what's been done in his part of camp. But on the other hand, it's now he's involved in a whole other level than right. he was before. I feel better about it, though. George okay. Hurst basically said to Al that his preference is to work with the previous 
regime mm-hmm. instead of like a new regime that has whatever mm-hmm. issues. And Al brought up the issue with Lee. So it means that Wu's taking over, but I don't think Wu has the same supply of uh, like Chinese immigrants. That no, and does. he doesn't want to see them exploited in the same way. Yeah. Like that's the whole reason he's getting so mad in the first place. But so. is Lee uh, uh, Wolcott's man? Yes. These Wolcott's man. Well, right? Wolcott's yes. not going to be helping anybody anymore <laughs> in this episode. Wait, so when, when Wolcott kills himself, who walks in front oh, of he him? Did, you think he killed himself? Oh, oh, I oh, thought he man. killed himself. So uh, my understanding is that Wolcott confronts Hearst and says, when you backed me, you knew the truth. Hearst says, no, not so. Um, then Sai steps in and says, I have a letter uh, that implicates you, Hearst. And give me my money. Give me my cut. I want five percent. I want in on yeah. all of this. You mm-hmm. can, now you can't get rid of me. You can't like chuck me to the curb while you start reeling in the money. And if you don't, I'm going to use this against you. Hearst sends his man to Walcott to confirm that Walcott did create such a document that mm-hmm. that Im- mm-hmm. indicates Hearst is guilty. And then the next thing we see is Walcott swinging. See, the way I interpreted the way that it's filmed, the captain is still on his way over there when the body starts swinging. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. He sees it from afar. So I think I think Walcott killed himself because he knew that he was going to get killed anyway or he, out mm-hmm. of shame or whatever his like weird mm-hmm. mix of emotions is. Like, my interpretation was he jumped. I think I like your interpretation better. I really did read it as they were staging a suicide, but... I think that he is a coward. I don't remember if it's ever confirmed later on, but that was definitely my interpretation of watching it this this time. Was fuck. Yeah. I had to back up when that was all happening because it was so fast and it was like in the background Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. of the scene. And I had forgotten that it was Walcott. Oh, yeah, me too. I was like, what body is that? Yeah, who is that? The first time I watched it, too, I think it's only in the second time when you see the swinging body that you realize it's Wolcott. Yeah, Yeah. you see it swinging, you catch a glimpse of his hat and his beard, and Mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, that's who it is. Because when they first show it, you can't see who it is. And I think purposefully you're supposed to be like, is this part of what's going down with what Wu and those Mm -hmm. guys are doing? Like, what is this? Is this weird wedding decor? (laughs) (laughs) Did Hearst decide to take care of Sai? It could have been a lot of different things. I think that whole sequence is really kind of morbidly fun in yes. the way that it's all. Oh, it's super it, energetic. Yes. Yes. The, the dance music is all going on <laughs> yes. throughout, too. The wedding jig music is happening. It would be like if you were at a rave while all the murder was happening. The yeah. Ted would rave. Actually, it's like that episode of Killing Eve. Where they're in the club, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. Else well, and we do get a stabbing as well because yeah. Annie fucking stabs Sai. That's fucking insane. I mean, the level of insanity <laughs> going on. I love how he's like this righteous man of God now. Yeah. And then he's just got Sai <laughs> in the street. And everyone who's watching is just like, mm, I guess get him inside. <laughs> he had this coming. Oh, he's yeah. like, don't let me die, God. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get him out of here. We're still dancing. <laughs> oh, my God. I think if you want to build a climax, like this is how you do it. The wedding provides an incredible backdrop for all of the terror that is being unleashed in in the sequence. 
Okay. Oh, we skipped that Moe's breathes. That was a thing. Yeah. I guess guess Moe's is sticking around for next season. I didn't see that one come in, but he's going to be the bodyguard for Shambi or whatever. Al breaks out the head. Yes. Okay. So then we, going back to like the finale of season one, like the last image is Al looking out over inside, his inside balcony in Mm -hmm. the gem. And, And this one, the last image is him with the fucking head in the box again and just the small smile that comes across his face as he watches the festivities which is sort of like there's so much in that moment you know like his plan is working yeah people are happy it's this moment of hope but then you still know that like hearse is in the background well hearse and his crime from the first season the indian head is his crime from the first season yeah that's true but he seems to be Still embracing that as his new BFF, so I don't really know. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that the final sequence of shots, Wu cutting off his ponytail, and basically, mm-hmm. I read a little bit about it, and my understanding is that it's basically saying, like, I'm Americanized now, yeah. I am forsaking my old traditional ways. We get a Seth Alma moment of prolonged eye contact post-wedding, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is sort of capping their mm-hmm. romance. And then Trixie says, uh, move to the left or something. Is that what she says? I, I forget what her exact line is, but both she and Al are sort of watching being like, Seth, just go home. Just fucking like, go. Just it's done. Get out of here. Yeah. Um, Merrick gets felt up by a prostitute. <laughs> She's hoping to make some of that newspaper money tonight. He's, he's very busy. He's like both taking photos and printing the newspaper that he's mm-hmm. running around with about the elections coming and uh, dealing with this. He enjoyed it, it I mean, seems. It was a great night for Merrick in the background. Um, Blazanov is... Uh, Doing his Russian dancing. dancing. Uh, that was he's great. He's so cute. And Jewel and, and Doc are also dancing, which is a great... It harkens <clears throat> back to the, their yeah, sequence yeah, before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get, of course, Al smiling on the balcony. It's a really good finale. I was like, I fucking love this episode. Yeah. This season, I felt shakier about overall. And this episode somehow made it all work for me. I felt like just uh, it, it wrapped up a lot of the storylines that were happening all season in a way that was satisfying. Mm-hmm. Like I, like normally when you think of shows that end on like a f- wedding or a funeral, you're like, oh, it's kind of cliche. Like having a wedding or a funeral at the end is always mm-hmm. like, oh, that's like the end of every movie. But this was different. This is like the incorporation of a town. It's the formation of a new family. It's the ending of one, like, Chinese regime for another one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just, and it, then just Hearst just being so fucking sinister. It felt like a masterful season finale because if they hadn't gotten another season, I don't know when they knew that they were getting a third season, mm-hmm. I think this would have been okay. Yeah. I think it, I mean, without spoiling anything, this is a more satisfying moment to end on than the way season three ends with loose ends. Maybe they thought they weren't getting a third season. Maybe they just wanted to make sure that we saw everybody off in a way that felt like true to their character and interesting. Mm -hmm. And then they left enough to build, of course, an antagonist of the third season. Right. But it does feel like seasons one and two taken together are like one big arc that leads to this and then season three really can be like a new chapter in the growth of the town yeah. and with this new character arriving and you know potentially losing some other kid we've lost walcott Sai mm-hmm. might be dying you know yeah. like potentially getting a little like fresh antagonism in the town i wonder what happens to silas adams because i hate him so much i mean i definitely think Sai should be dead 
I wonder if Silas just goes away and, like, we never see him again. I think it's pretty funny that at the end, like, Dan sort of begrudgingly is like, you saved my bacon in that alley. Fucking <laughs> Adams. Like, they're, like, friends <laughs> at the end. <laughs> I mean, Adams doesn't do a, a whole lot except sort of, like, add on. And he's kind of like Al's secretary because they read that amendment from Yankton together. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of like that scene, though. I don't know. I, I, I've warmed to Adams a little bit over the last two episodes when he's been given a little bit more to do. Yeah. Do we have hopes and dreams for the third season without spoiling anything, without recalling some things that happen? Mm, I, I want to see what Hearst gets up to. I, I want to mm-hmm. see what, like, the true sort of flex of George Hearst is now that he's here. <laughs> you want to see your true flex? How much does yeah. he get? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hearst's What's the flex? Cut <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I mean, I remember feeling this at the end of season two originally, mm-hmm. and I feel it again. Can we give Joni something to do? Yes, please. <laughs> I would say um, I was struck by the fact that we don't get any kind of update about um, Fields and Hosteller. And so I don't remember whether we ever see them again. I don't mm-hmm. think so. Yeah, um, I don't recall. I don't think we do, which is weird because they were planning to come back to town with that horse, right? Isn't we that just, weird just considering, that considering how they were written out? I don't know. I mean, I guess I should just be grateful that we're getting a little more depth and time with Wu. And yeah, yeah. I hope they went to Portland. Honestly, <laughs> I think returning to Dunwood is bad for both of those characters. How about a spinoff about them on the Oregon Trail, <laughs> wherever they settle? Lynn doesn't like written that by idea. somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then I could agree to it. Sure, 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 sure. Do we have? Any other general thoughts? No, I'm just happy. Like, I just really like this episode. I think it's just such a fun one. But it's also got, a, like, it advances storylines mm-hmm. really well as well. I mean, it's just good. Yeah, I, and that scene with uh, Alma staring at Seth, I, I was just also thinking about how so much of Deadwood is about choices. And, and Seth had every uh, moment in his life to make the choice to marry Alma, but mm-hmm. he just never did yeah so they're like for Alma it was it was absolutely the right choice or at least you with her I mean they did have a choice they could have left together they could have left together they could have done they could have done a lot of things but Seth chose like the more tragic option maybe Martha's (laughs) awesome in bed hey (laughs) I like the idea of him and Martha growing into something together you Mm -hmm. know it's never going to be that I mean he and Alma wanted to the second they laid eyes on each other. Yeah, it's not much. the same kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it can't be a good relationship over time. Yeah. And I would be more interested to see that than to just have them being awkward with each other mm-hmm. for a whole mm-hmm. other season. I don't recall what happens with Martha at the end of the third season. So I don't want to undercut my... But do what? we know if she's in the movie? I think she's on the cast list. I think Is Anna she? Okay, on the cast okay. List. All right. I don't know how much... I mean, you never know if there's, like, a flashback or something to incorporate certain actors. Yeah. Well, when did Breaking Bad start filming? (laughs) (laughs) Not for a while while after this. So, yeah. In any case, man, it's been a trip. What a fun show to revisit. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to season three because I know that shit gets real... Oh, no! (laughs) Oh, no! All right. I'm ready for it. Uh, but thanks for watching along with us and listening in to Ladywood. You can find us, as always, on Twitter at LadywoodCast. I'm at Lynn Sternberger. I'm at Slowbear, S-L-O-B-E-A-R. And I'm at Wee Brandy, O-U-I-B-R-A-N-D-I. Thanks for listening. 